Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here. Thank you for joining me on a very special episode of The Drive. I am here in Las Vegas with the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Miss Gail Rubenstein. Did I say it right? Yeah. Yes. Yes, you nailed it. (laughs) Totally nailed it. All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay. This is so cool. (laughs) Let's cruise the strip. Let's do this. All right, Gail, um, I always like to start off these podcasts with a little origin story because I'm always super curious to find out how people got started in this world of automotive. So what is Gail's origin story and how she got started in this crazy little world we call the, the automotive crazy industry? The auto industry. It is crazy, I have right? a crazy story, actually. <laughs> All right. So when I was a 16-year-old kid, I needed a job. Like most I was broke and needed money. <laughs> um, you know what? Do you mind before I tell my story if I could put my hat on? Yes, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my hair does the same thing, I, by the way. My hair will be flailing in the wind, so. I, I, I actually totally understand that, that those issues. Right. Real issues. Right. <laughs> All right. So now that we're hatted up. All right. And I'm representing Maui in Hawaii. There we go. <laughs> Even though I'm not from there. All right, so my origin story. Um, yes, yeah, so I was 16 years old. I needed a job. Yep. And this guy in the car business that was wholesaling cars was like, oh, you can come work for me. We're starting a company from scratch. It's me and like two dudes, and we're car guys. We're going to wholesale cars. We're going to buy them in Canada and ship them to the US. There we go. And we're going to make bank off the exchange rate. So I'm like, okay. So I'm a little high school kid and I built their company to like a multi-million dollar company. I trained their employees, (laughs) hired their people, sent their sales lists to like random car dealers in the US that I didn't know. And I worked for $5 an hour. Five bucks an hour. Five bucks an hour. (laughs) And these guys were millionaires. (laughs) But it gave you that experience, right? Sometimes you gotta eat crow, right? So then you can get to those places. And then I was like, wow. I can't believe how much money you guys make. (laughs) So not only did they make money on the car, they made money on the exchange rate, and then they hired cheap labor to build their business. (laughs) Not a bad model, by the way. Hmm, makes me wonder, what should I? No. (laughs) So that's how I got into it. And uh, the, uh, the next 20 years after that is like a whole long story, but that's my origin story. That's your origin story. I love that origin story. Well, we got a couple of topics or a few topics that we're going to jam about today. And I'm excited about this because, you know, I talk to people about social selling a lot and there's just a lot of misconceptions of what that actually even means. Right. So why don't we start that off? Like, how do you define social selling? All right. So social selling is basically utilizing social media platforms Mm -hmm. to sell your product or service in a very transparent, honest way. (laughs) That's the key. Yeah. Well, that's Social a selling is very transparent and honest because I can see everything about you and you can see everything about me. There is no like secrets. Well, and, and, but you know, I, I don't <laughs> think our industry necessarily understands that, right? I mean, I think when, when, when most dealers hear social selling, what they think is uh, Facebook ads, Instagram ads. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. I, I understand that. All right. But I think social selling goes deeper because it's with the intent to actually want to connect with someone. Right. But 
that's not necessarily a concept or an idea that we totally understand. So like, how, how, do, you, how do you connect? How does a salesperson or how does a dealership connect with a potential customer socially? Um, they do it, I mean, they do it in a multitude of ways. Like you can have, obviously your new car offers, used car mm -hmm. offers, but most people post on social about their family and their children and their dogs and their cats. I mean, they're and, being real people? Yeah, being real people and like the charities <laughs> that they're involved in. Ah, thank you. <laughs> this car is sexy. I guess BMW i8 owners like i8 owners. <laughs> right. I'm like, you have a sexy car. This guy has a sexy car. <laughs> and we're cruising the strip. And we're cruising the strip. This it's is fun. really cool. Well, it's, it's, it's fun, right? Yeah, I mean, look, fun. look, we connected it socially online. Yeah. And, and I think the cool thing was, is like, look, I hit you up. I asked you to come to a podcast. You know nothing about me. Right. We've never met before. This is the first time we got to meet. But socially, you got a chance to consume me and my podcasts and the videos I put out there. And, and you were able to go, you know what? Yeah, that's a guy I want to go jam with. Right. You know? Right. So, I mean, that I think dealerships can take that and put it into their operations, right? I mean, you know, yes. I look at someone online and, you know, I see what their social efforts are and I'm like, I, I can connect with them on a, a human level, not necessarily a business to consumer level. Right. But I think dealerships are really confused on how they go about doing that. So what would you say some of the best tips and tricks out there to be able to do that? The best tips and tricks for the, to kind of gauge the human level. Yeah, yeah. Like how much human should a dealership show in their social life? Very, a lot. Oh, okay. So one of the things that we do with our clients actually is we, I mean, I've been in a room with 200 salespeople and I, <laughs> they, they have a fear of being on social media. A lot of them do. And I make them film weird. videos yeah. and they, all they have to do is say who they are and what they do, who they are, where they work and what they do. Yeah. And just overcoming that one step is difficult for some people and oh, sure. not difficult for others. But um, I know that doesn't even sound like a tip or trick, but, but it, but it you know, actually it is. is. It, well, it is. It's, I mean, the, the first step to anything is you got to hit the little red button, right? right. Um, actually, when I started a group called the Little Red Button Group, uh, anyways, I go squirrel sometimes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think what it is is, is that people are afraid to hit the little red button because they're, uh, they're, they're afraid that they don't have the persona right. or the personality that someone's gonna wanna connect with. And, and I find in our industry that uh, honestly, we're very fake online. We're not right. really being who we are. are yeah. So like, what, what advice would you give to a salesperson uh, that, that wants to be on social, connect at that human level? You know, how do they just be who they are? Well, <laughs> you gotta, you want me to go real deep here? Let's do it. Like real deep? Let's go. <laughs> All right, so what? I even myself had to overcome the fear of social selling and being myself. So being your authentic self has a lot of, a lot to do with like digging deep into who you are, yeah. how you were brought up, how your parents treated you, what were your school environments, and I mean, it goes deep. Yeah. So people hide behind the curtain. People have these fears because when you're a kid, someone said like, oh, you're not good enough or you can't do that or you got to be the way you are. And, and so people just like stuff their feelings and stuff their feelings and like <laughs> curl into a ball almost and can't be there on that to themselves because yeah. they've been like told to hide their whole lives. That's so if, if you look in the mirror and you really like look at yourself and say like, who I 
who am I and what do I represent? Mm -hmm. And that it's okay. It's okay to tell the world who you are and being like, you got to overcome that fear and you have to be brave and you have to just do it. And it was one of the hardest things I ever had to do in my life was start retail resilient and start my social selling business because I had to look myself in the mirror. It's true. You can't, you can't and start go, a business and not I'm do it. I'm smart <laughs> enough and I'm good enough. And even though my high school teacher told me I'd, you know, never amount to anything because I was like this like screwed up kid. We must have the same teacher. <laughs> right. I ended up doing it, but I, I had to be brave and courageous. And I think yeah. these people and these, like anyone, anyone has to just like, Step into that bravery. Well, you you, you got to be honest with yourself. Yeah, right? of who you are. And, and I think I see a lot of you know salespeople out there try to take on uh, a persona rather than being themselves. Right. right? So you know I, I got I got a couple of really good examples. So I have this example that I've talked about in the past, but it's just such a good example of uh, I had this older gentleman that that started selling. Chevy trucks, right? Right. And dealer principal is a good friend of mine. And he's like, can you come by and maybe help him out? Because, you know, if he doesn't start selling something, then I'm just going to have to let him go, right? Because right. just actually a really bad salesperson. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but, but it wasn't necessarily, it was it was more the fear that was holding him back yeah. than anything, right? So I had to get him to kind of a, a comfortable place, right? And I said, well, 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 tell me what your passion is, right? Because it's not Chevy trucks, I can already tell, right? right? So what is your passion? And he goes on to tell me that he was, he's a retired professional angler. By the way, I had to Google that. I didn't know what Wait, that was. Wait, I was just going to say, you know what, what an angler nope, is? I was just going to ask you. All right, you. so it's a professional fisherman. Oh, He was okay. actually sponsored by Bass Pro and a bunch of other big companies out there and actually fished for a living. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, like everybody loves a good fishing story. Right. Like, so I got him to tell me a few fishing stories and all of a sudden it just, he lit Lights up, up, just yep. lit up. And I was like, that is what we need to talk about. So, um, you know, now he does these fishing stories from the back of his Silverado. Right, exactly. And he's created a community of people that have connected with him based on his knowledge around lures and reels and rods. And I don't know any of this stuff. I'm not a fisherman. Right. All right. But. But the funny thing is he's now selling back into that community because he's connected with these people at right. a human to human level. And I find too often, I see a lot of young salespeople out there start doing this and, and they create this, I don't know, this Hulk Hogan, you know, this, this professional wrestler persona, like down here today, we're having this big monster sale. Right. You need to come in. Well, some of our, you know what? So some of our clients and I, I'm going to name a couple of them because I absolutely <laughs> love these guys. I have a guy named Brian Thomas. Okay. Uh, he works for Step One Automotive Group. They're one of our clients. We love them. Um, and Brian's like the car selling DJ in Miami. And he is a DJ oh, in Miami. You know I think I've seen some of his And stuff. he like jumps out of the trunk of cars. Like he has so much fun <laughs> and he's like, I'm the car selling DJ from Miami. And he plays like really good music in his videos. I mean, the guy sells 25, 30 cars a month off yeah. Facebook easily yeah. on any given month. But that's him, though. That's him. That's, it's it. that's, that's his him. authentic self. So that's that's what I think is, I think a lot of salespeople will see, you know, people like him and yeah. go, oh my gosh, that's what I got to do. Like, who am I as a person? Yeah, I need yeah. to be that loud. I need to jump out of the trunk and I need to, I need, I, I need to be that type. But not everybody is that way. Right. And, and it's totally okay. And I think that's what a lot of salespeople need to realize right out of the gate. I'm, not, I'm saying salespeople, but actually have service providers that are actually doing Dealer this. Dealer principals doing it. General yeah. managers doing it. Sales, we have, yeah. 
I mean, our master class that we teach is dealer principles. And okay, they like we that. teach the dealers how to do it. Yeah, so, it comes from the top down. I actually have yeah. a dealer principal, a friend of mine, that we uh, manage their, his podcast, and he does a podcast around fatherhood. Okay. And actually doesn't nice. ever really talk about the car business at all, all, except when it comes up of like, you know, what do you do for a living or something like that. But his, his entire podcast and his entire social brand is that he was a single father who raised four boys oh, wow. and owns a dealership. That's cool. And that's, but, and so he's amassed this very large following, not because he owns a dealership, but because he was who he is, is. naturally yeah. online. Yeah. You know? And I think you're right. That's that first step. You have to take your, you have to take that look in the mirror, be honest with yourself and say, look, this is who I am and I'm damn proud of it. You know? Yeah. So and, and you're right. When people get out of their shell, like we, um, we got this one guy, he loves Marvel movies. So his hashtag on social is get more, you get more with Thor. And he has like the hammer, the Thor hammer from the Marvel movies. It's so cute. Like, I love it. I'm like, you're a badass. <laughs> no, you're a badass. <laughs> He's awesome. But there's some great examples of it. Like I have a, I have a general sales manager that is a, uh, an Air Jordans like junkie. Okay. Now, I, again, I didn't realize that this is a big thing. Yeah. All right. But it, but there are collectors out there, and they go hardcore. Right. As far as all these Air Jordans, so he is a master this following of that, and he will sell a handful of Lexuses every single month to this audience that he's developed. Yeah. But but I also think here's what I think a lot of salespeople or, or anybody out there is struggling is is how do I connect kind of locally. Because I, I, I'm trying to sell into people locally, so how do you do? How do you go about doing that? Can, can I sell on your podcast right now? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so we have a social selling beginner, intermediate, advanced, and master class. Our beginner is two ninety nine a month. Our intermediate is four ninety five a month. Our advanced <laughs> is sixteen ninety five a month, and our master is twenty four ninety five a month. It has. 18 lessons in beginner, 66 lessons in intermediate, 89 lessons in advanced, and masters like 300. If you want to know how to do it, we have a mobile app. You pay the fee, you download the mobile app, and everything you ever wanted to know about social selling is in our mobile app. But I mean, that's a good point. Though. It is. It is. <laughs> Sorry, about, I, I had to. I had I to plug on your plug. show. That was a total uh, plug on the show. I'll, I'll put a little thing coming up. <laughs> we'll pause, plug, and then we'll go in. No. <laughs> I had to. I don't know who your audience is right now, but uh, managers. Um, yeah, so. you know, managers. So it's a good plug. It's a good time to plug. Um, but 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 no, that's true though. It you do have to educate yourself. Yeah. All right. It is not. You know, this is not something that you just kind of pick up the phone and and start optimizing yourself. You do need to take the time. All right. To to learn and, and just to kind of better yourself. And that's actually fun. It's a funny thing is that I don't yeah. see it in our the industry that happens a lot. Right. We're, we we are so quick to buy a widget. Um, or hire someone to do it for us. Right. You know, it, it seems like, you know, there's not a lot of management out there that are willing to take the time and, and dive into it themselves. And it has to kind of start from the top down. Is yeah. That, when, you, when you go into a dealership and you're like, okay, we're going to start this whole social selling thing, it, I mean, you've, you have to start at the top. Yeah, right? we always start with the dealer principal. Okay. So, and what do you tell the dealer principal? I mean, I just want to know, what does that pitch sound like? Hey, by the way, Mr. Dealer Principal, <laughs> so we, you know what? I don't pitch them until I ask them questions. Okay. And our strategy that we use, so we get a lot of leads, like, what is this that you're doing? Mm -hmm. So we get on and I'm like, tell me about your social media strategy. And do you even sell cars? And do you know how many cars you sell? And usually it's like, Gail, I spent $30,000 with a marketing company. I have no, no clue 
how many cars I sold. And I have no idea what my ROI is. I'm like, <laughs> great. Well, I'm really glad you reached out to us because we can answer all those questions for you really, really fast. Um, so I usually, you know, I get to know the dealer principal and their managers yeah. and um, I find out what they're doing, what they're not doing. More often than not, we kind of already know what they're not doing. Yep. Um, and then we present our solutions and our services and they're always like, oh my God, that's exactly what I need. And I'm like, I know, because that's why we started this business. Um, but I, I mean, we all, we, we mostly start with the dealer principal and the owner. Well, it makes sense. I, and, and then and go, and then it like starts to trickle into the culture of the dealership. Of course. Yeah. Now, here, here's one thing I got to ask you because, you know, I, 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 I've gone into a lot of these meetings and I've had, you know, I've heard the dealer principal goes, that's a good idea. <laughs> Let's do it. And I got to be honest with you at the end, I've said this a bunch of times. I'm not actually a big fan of good ideas. Good ideas scare me. All right. Because we have a tendency of leaving good ideas in like good idea land. Right. You know, like what are, and we need to get it out of good idea land. And we have to embed it either into a process or an operation or something operationally that it actually gets executed on a regular basis. Yep. You know, what, what is some advice that you can give to dealerships out there that are, are, are attempting to do this, but it still sits in good idea land, hasn't gone into operations. Operations. Yet. Yeah. So I had the uh, pleasure of working for Viato and Cox Automotive for a long time. And the one thing I learned from them that I brought into my business, and I think every dealer principal should do is, you have performance managers. So whether you have Mannheim, Kelly Blue Book, Viato, Cox, Gale Social Selling, Retail Resilient, a marketing company, everyone has account managers and performance managers. And dealers need to utilize those people because they will drag them through the mud <laughs> so that they can execute a new process, right? Because it's yeah. like, how do I take that idea and embed it? Those are the people that are going to help you embed it. Mm-hmm. Doing it on your own usually doesn't work. And then people give up. Like after a month, they're like, oh, whatever. This shiny bell in the car business <laughs> doesn't work. And the auto sucks. And it doesn't. It's yep. like the best tool ever in the world. Um, but you didn't talk to your performance manager. Exactly. So I think it's really getting to know their account managers and performance managers and know, just know you're well, going to go And, and holding the them accountable, right? See, yeah. see, I find is that to get it from a good idea into an operational process, we actually have to put goals and objectives behind it. Now, once it becomes a goal objective, then it becomes measurable, right? Yep. So, so if we can do that, I see, I find too often like us as dealers will work with vendors and very seldom do we actually tell them what our actual operational goals and objectives are. So right. it's like, like you got to lean on those performance managers and give them, like give them ownership. Yeah. Here's my, here's my goal in service department. Here's my goal in this sales department, right. you know, and then let them be creative. Right. Um, instead, we want to hit the, we hit that proverbial easy button, you know, <laughs> where's that at? Yeah. You know? So I love when a dealer <laughs> signs up and they think, because they go to, let's say, our social selling school that they could go from like 100 cars to 300 in like a week. (laughs) And I'm like, no, no, like you still have to be realistic. Like this is not a shiny ball. And I'm gonna ask you to do things you you might not wanna do. Yeah. But you gotta do them. Because it's part of the process. Of course. To be successful. And I know the pain. I've I've lived in a dealership. I, I ran a car dealership. I was a sales manager, like I know. I had vendors and I had to do the same thing. <laughs> and I was like, you want me to do what with what? 
Well, I mean, this is kind of all leaning into kind of our next topic, which is about being retail resilient. Yes. You know, which, which I think we've kind of, we've set the stage, but for everyone out there watching and listening, you know, when you say being retail resilient, what does that mean? All right. So resiliency is adapting to change and being able to really like pivot when something comes up. And the auto industry, and even with COVID alone, people had to really relook at what they're doing and pivot and adapt and change. And resiliency is like never giving up. Like you cannot give up. Tenacity. Tenacity. I'll never end. Like <laughs> resiliency. And I think car dealers are the most resilient people I've ever met in my life. Like, I mean, I've met some cool car guys in my, I've been in the car business 25 years. You've seen I played with the, in flowers. the boys club for 25 <laughs> years and I have met some like, can I swear on this? Absolutely. I've met some badass mother, like, like guys that like their resiliency is like through the roof and I watch them and they fascinate me. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? We are resilient too. Like we created a social selling company from nothing. We like from scratch, we were just like, let's figure this out. Let's adapt to change. When things change, we'll change. And you know, brick and mortar retail is different. Yep. Our whole business is a hundred percent online. Like retail resilient is a hundred percent online. Mm -hmm. And car dealers are like, do you want, can you come visit us? And I'm like, why? <laughs> Why, why do we need to visit you? Like, look at the world we live in. Exactly. Like I met you easy. online and now we're cruising in a car. <laughs> like I can teach you anything online. Of course. Um, but they got, you know, these resilient car dealers. I, I love them. Well, you know, They're it, so great. it's a mindset. Yeah. And it's like, we got to get them into that mindset. We got to get away from that proverbial easy button and just say, look, this is going to be hard. Right. All right. This is not going to, this is not easy. All right. And it's, it's going to take some time and, and guess what? You're, you're going to fail. See, that's right. the thing. Like, I, I think, you know, for someone to be, when I hear the word being retail resilient, it's the ability to uh, just quickly acknowledge and own failure. Yep. Right? Because yep. I, I think, because I've met probably some of the same people you have met, and I know what, probably, I know what you're talking yeah. about. I know what you're talking about, right? They just have this, this tenacity of like... It's in it their just, blood. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, if I could just take that and just clone it, I could just make the best dealers in the entire world... You know, but I, I find what's what's a key trait with a lot of them because I've been I've been able to do a lot of podcasts with a lot of them is is their ability to fail, right, and then just move on. You know, and they're like, I'm not going down. Yeah, oh, like, 100 percent. Car dealers will not. I don't know if it's like the male ego because I have I'm not a man and I have an ego. Like I won't go down. <laughs> like in the car business, ever, there are a lot of men that are like, Yeah, Gail, okay, you're gonna make it in the car business. I was like, Watch me, like, because yeah. if it's in your blood that resiliency, like you're not going down. You're not, no matter what, sink or swim, do or die. You're, you're not going to fail. 100%. You're, you're You'll not, find you're not, a way. You're not going to fail. And those are the dealers that I love. But but how do you get to I that? Because I think some, some people, I think some people have it naturally, right? Yep. Some people have naturally can, you know, take a bruise, get a beaten, yep. and just and stand just be back like, up. Yeah, let's keep going. Um, but that's not the case for everybody. But I do think it's something that can be learned. Yeah. You know, so, so, you know, for the people out there that are not naturally like that, all right, how can someone kind of just embrace the fact that, they are, that they're going to fail? Go work at Viato. <laughs> I hope Dale Pollock is watching this because I worked for him for six years. 
And they used to say to me, like when a car dealer canceled, first of all, their cancellation rates are like 0.04. Like car car dealers don't cancel Viato. And the reason why is if you work for them, you have to embrace failure and eat it and feel it. And you cry. Like when a car dealer cancels, I think I cried once. (laughs) And my boss was like, yep, Gail, feel your feelings because, because we don't like cancellations. So look in the mirror and go, what did I do wrong? that I could have done better to help that car dealer make money. So it's funny you ask that, because I would say go work at Viato. You will be, you will embrace failure, you will own it, you will feel it in your gut, in your bones, in your blood, and then you'll look Dale Pollock in the eye the next day and go, I'll never have a cancellation again. Well, it, it, look, <laughs> it, it, and, but that's true though, that's how it works. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, um, the last five years of my, my social adventure, all right, um, I've invested an obscene amount of money, uh, an obscene amount of time. Yeah. That's because I wanted to fast track as many failures as humanly possible. Um, right. So it's like, I, I went into it knowing that I'm gonna screw this up, right? Right. But it's through those failures that I just progressively got better and right. faster, right? Yeah. You, you gotta own that mindset. You just, you gotta know that it's a field of dreams. It is a yeah. build it and they will come kind of a scenario. And, you know, socially, I mean, we've, I record so much social content, it's ridiculous. Right. I mean, we post uh, right around 37 times a day. Wow. And um, I have. What hour is ongoing, your highest engagement rate? Well, that's the thing, right? So, <laughs> like, so what's there's, the hour? There's this ongoing joke <laughs> that, you know, hour. it's like, I could die tomorrow. Yeah. But you wouldn't know it socially for a year. Right. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> like, like, I'd be like, Jason died a year ago? Holy <laughs> crap. But. But we just had to make as many mistakes as possible and just try so many different things and, and the time in which we use them and the hashtags that we use and the networks that we're using. And it's just like, uh, but, but, it, but it is, it's an adventure. And I think that's what it is. I think anybody out there that's looking at getting social selling or yeah. to, be, to be that retail resilient, understand that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yep. So that's not necessarily uh, something in our industry that we're overly good at. <laughs> <laughs> We love our I'm sprints. I'm glad I met you. You're right? funny. Well, I mean, think about it. Yeah. Every, everything in our industry is built on a sprint. Yeah. 30 days. You're mid-month. You're 45-day turn. You're only as good You're... as, like, <laughs> day one of the car business. Or day, month one of the car business, I mean. But but I think <laughs> when you're early on getting into, you know, the social area, it, it, you really have to set yourself up for success and for failure. Yeah. Is truly to find out what those golden objectives are. Yep. And then you can kind of go through it. But so that kind of goes into our our next kind of topic of, you know, you got to measure what you can manage or manage what you can measure. I always, I always screw which way do you, up. which way do you go? <laughs> which way are we going here? I, um, I would say manage what you're measuring okay. or measure what you're both <laughs> measure. Both. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, but it's like a tongue twister right now. I'm like, wait, my brain is like backwards. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> But, but, Where am I? I'm on the Vegas Strip. <laughs> that's right. You're right here on the Vegas Strip. Like, no, but um, oh, that's cool. Measure. You see that? Yeah, that guy's guy jumped out of his car to help him. That's really nice. <laughs> you do want to measure though what you manage. Yeah. Like, I'm managing car sales. I'm managing my dollars. I like 
the one actually the one thing I'm I'm speaking at driving sales today yeah. and we're gonna be talking about how um, Steve Van Gordery is the president of SVG Motors mm -hmm. him and I and our team took $25,000 and turned it into 1 million in one month that's impressive and I, <laughs> I made him I can't wait to talk about it because he followed the entire retail resilient roadmap and we measure like we measured everything and we managed everything and we have his ROI report for everything. So when we connected Facebook to his digital retailing tool to his VIN solutions, mm -hmm. we measured everything and now we have the stats to prove it. Well, because you have to measure it. I mean, yeah. I think too often we see it's like we go from good idea and we kind of skip the the goal and objectives because you can't measure anything unless you got an objective. Right. Right. So we'll skip and we'll just go straight into execution. And then a couple months later, we're surprised how nobody's doing right. it's what like, they're well, supposed to be doing. Right. It's like, well, how many cars did we sell? What did we oh, spend? Um, I don't know. It's fascinating. I, I do love what's interesting about the car business. Um, VIN Solutions, which, yes, is another Cox product, which I work for them. But VIN Solutions, <laughs> like plugging them, uh, their CRM is the best tool I've ever seen for reporting um, and measuring things. Yeah in the system oh. that you need to know as a dealer principal or general manager. And there's a lot of CRM tools in the car business and VIN is my favorite. Well, you can't ever get better if you don't measure. And I mean, I know exactly what kind of dealership I'm walking into when some of my first questions are a, well, I think we're at 35%. I think that were, I mean, how, what do you mean you think? Versus when I go to other dealerships, they're like, well, give me a second, pulls it off, goes, oh, we're 72.6% on that, we're uh, right. 47. Right, you know who's <laughs> like, dialed in and who's not You know dialed who's dialed in. in. But then again, that's 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 a mindset that you yep. have to kind of it's get around. It's a mindset, it's the tools, it's the leadership, yeah. it's the, it's everything. I find, and I'm curious to see if you find the same thing, I, I got a word for it, I call it full belly syndrome. So I, I, I find that the, the reason that we don't measure is because our belly is full. Right. Right. We are satisfied with what we have rather than trying to always go after what we could have had. Right. So therefore, why do I need to continue to actually measure it? Because I'm just happy with what I got. I, that I don't understand. <laughs> but it, but it happens all like the time. That, but it does. <laughs> You're right. It happens all of the time. So yeah. how, how do you like... How do you think dealers can kind of get out of that space? That space? Of, of, you know, really just like starting to truly measure where they can do better. Where, where, where are a few places they can start measuring today that can make some big impacts in their business? I think if you're a dealer, you really just need to, I feel like it goes back to these performance managers. You have to call the people that can show you the tools or the KPIs that you should be looking at. Yeah. Like sometimes, you know, I know at any DA school and um, you could go, cause I went to Northwood University, the automotive yeah. school, and yeah. they teach you a lot of the KPIs and metrics that you should measure and manage. But the people that are your vendors know exactly what you should look at. And if you just call them, I mean, literally pick up the phone and go, what is the two, the top two metrics I need from your software tool? They'll tell you. Oh yeah. And then you could ask them why, and they'll tell you why, and then that's what you should actually be measuring and managing. Well, I, I actually think that's a really good strategy, right? It's yeah. like, uh, the dealer knows what their objective is. They need to then go back and lean on their vendors. On their people. And say, you know, you work with a lot of other dealerships, so you're seeing best practices, right? right? 
you know, what 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 measurable elements should I be looking, looking at, at or KPIs yep. to ensure that we are heading in the right direction? Because like, I was a dealer principal. It's it's not easy. It's a big ship to steer, what, and sometimes um, that ship doesn't steer very fast. Were you a new car dealer or a used Mitsubishi. car dealer? Mitsubishi. Oh, a Mitsu. Yeah, Mitsu store. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> the Mirage. What was your number? One, what was your number one new car that you uh, guys sold? Oh, Lancers. I sold oh, Lancers. Lancers. Actually, I'll tell you a funny story. Lancers Sportback. Those used to be so popular. There, there was a Sportback model, which was like a hatchback, right? Yeah. And it was funny because. Uh, in, in, I'm not talking about Canada, so these are small numbers, right? <laughs> but you know, in Canada, they sold like 350 of these things a year. Okay. Well, I sold 290 of them. Right. So, um, so like, <laughs> there was there was just this. I I, I like the Sportback because nobody else was marketing the Sportback. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I do have some competition. I have some other dealers that I'm competitive with. All right, let me and and it just like no one wanted to sell these things, and I don't huh. understand why they were a little bit more expensive than a regular Lancer, and. People thought they were ugly. I didn't think they were ugly at all. They had the kind of a jelly bean, jelly bean kind of back end. Yep. So maybe that's why. But I embraced it and I loved it. Nice. You know, and but but I, I had to own that. But that was a goal and objective. And then it reverse, we had to rever, reverse engineer backwards. What were the social elements, the marketing elements, the operational processes that had to go in to ensure that we were going to be the most highest volume of this one little unit? And it was a funny thing because it wasn't even like a big deal. Like it wasn't big gross. It was just like, okay, let me, I'll just use this as an example. I was gonna ask you, are they prime customers, subprime customers? Both. How'd you do 290 Both. of the 300? Both. Uh, Tell me more. <laughs> non, a lot of non-prime, yeah. a lot of non-prime. A lot of non-prime. <laughs> when you were a dealer, yeah. were you guys in the social selling world? Cause- Yeah, actually- um, 10 years ago, I feel I was, like not I, a lot of people were. No, um, uh, my the salespeople I hired, <laughs> this is a funny story. Salespeople I hired were actually videographers. Okay. So I put an ad out for videographers and I interviewed them and said, I wanted to turn them into salespeople. Oh. So I hired people that already knew how to be content creators. Oh, that's smart. Where a lot of other dealerships were struggling to get, you know, salespeople to do a video. Right. Mine you, you were, did it. that was their jam. Wow. They were so natural at it, right? So, I mean, we were very early in uh, doing walk around videos for every single thing. We we did uh, new model vehicles. I mean, I remember when a new Lancer came out, we did this great walk around video and and organically we had over 100,000 views on this video, right? Wow. So it was like, oops, I did run that That's one. It's good content creation. <laughs> yes, it is good content creation. Nice. Oh, we're almost back. We are almost. Um, Vegas is beautiful. It is. So I'm excited for your talk today. This is gonna be fun, huh? Yeah, I'm excited. So like a lot of people come to these events. I don't think dealers come necessarily with the mindset to get what they need to get out of these things. So, you know, what would be your advice to dealers that are coming to these conferences, all right, how how they can be in a place where they're there to consume, but then not create the good ideas, but not leave them in good idea land, put them into execution. Just sign right up. Just, <laughs> Just sign right up, guys. You got a salesperson here. I mean, like, going here. for the kill. I, like, I've pitched so much on your podcast. I pitched myself. I pitched, like, three other vendors. But I'm honestly, like, that's, Just sign right up. Like, But, but that's funny, my personality. Well, that's socially, though. That's <laughs> yeah. social selling at its best, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just it's, click it's by what you're now. doing. You just, <laughs> just click by now. But, the, it, but this comes out for you because it's authentic. This is just who you are. No, this is, this is really who this I is, am. This is not a personality <laughs> that you're throwing on. 
all right, try to sell more products. This is just, you're just a natural born salesperson. So you're gonna look at every opportunity you get to be in front of a camera or on a microphone to sell something. <laughs> so. Oh man. I didn't realize, it's funny, driving in this car with you, I real, realized how salesy I am, actually. <laughs> I didn't know I was like that. So I, I like to ask this question to a lot of people, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Uh, uh, there's a lot of peop, new people that are coming into the industry. All right, and it's a, like it's younger? Industry, yeah, younger people yeah, coming yeah. into the industry, filling all kinds of new positions. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, you've been in the business for a long time. What advice would you give to someone new who's looking to get into the business? Whoa, that's a good question. <laughs> Don't. Um, no, just kidding. I'm joking. That was a total joke. <laughs> Don't. No. Um, wow. I don't know what advice I would give to a young millennial. They're, what advice would you give? You no, know, they're the really different. Young sixteen-year-old Gail. All right, that's going to be getting into the car business. <laughs> you know what? I know what advice I would give. So I would say find a mentor and find someone that you trust, that you want to learn from and let them mold you. Because if I look back at my career in the car business, I had, from the day I started in sales until I started my own company, because I don't have a mentor building my company, I probably should get one. Yeah. I'd probably grow faster, but I always had a mentor and my career skyrocketed really fast. No, I actually think that's, like, that's some great yeah. advice is, is you know, uh, take your time, uh, and research who you want to work for. Yeah. And uh, do it not necessarily for the pay as much as the education that's going to come along with, with it. it. I'm not saying that pay shouldn't be important. It should be, but it should be the most important thing, you know, especially when you're young getting into getting into the business. Yeah. Well, this has been a really fun conversation. Yeah, this is um, fun. For everyone out there that's watching and listening right now who would love to connect with you and maybe continue to have some of these conversations, what is the best way to connect with you? Um, I would say text me. Yeah, <laughs> insert I would say phone text. number. Insert two one five nine nine five three six two six. So nine or two one five nine nine five three six two six. There we Texting, go. Texting, or they could go to my website. It's retailresilient.com, and you can book right into my calendar. Actually, so if you don't want my sales director or my <laughs> VP of account management, you want me. There is a calendar on there that says, like, book with Gail. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, Gail, this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you doing this with me. Yeah, it was so good to get to know you. Now now can I drive and I'll interview yeah. you? You want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I do. <laughs> I'm like, I want to interview for you for your own podcast. For my own podcast. Thanks, Gail. So, thank this you. Has been a blast.